standard issue for all women. Hello, Jen here. As you know by now, this week we are doing something a little bit different on the Standard Issue podcast because next week is International Men's Day. And so, because gender inequality is undeniably shit for everyone, we're chatting to basically a squillion men this week to talk about issues that predominantly affect dudes because, you know, stuff happens to them too. It's true. We've got loads going on this week. Mickey's chatting to best-selling author Matt Haig about mental health and to author and campaigner Luke Hart about domestic violence and coercive control. Hannah is talking to Shadow Health Secretary Jonathan Ashworth about alcoholism, addiction and growing up with an alcoholic parent. And I'm talking to performer and campaigner Jordan Stevens about toxic masculinity and the work he's doing around that. And in this particular episode, I am chatting to Jacob Whittingham Vigas, head of the Fight for Peace Academy in London, about the work they are doing with sport and particularly boxing, because, you know, I love a bit of that, to help kids at risk of social exclusion and violence. Obviously, we've seen so much in the press recently about you know, a spike in violence in young people in London. And it was a really, really interesting chat and actually challenged some of the preconceived ideas I think I have about reasons for why this kind of thing might be happening. We talked about all sorts of things from that horrible violence in London. We talked about why sport can be a powerful tool for good in the lives of young people, but also not sometimes. And I even managed to squeeze in a reference to Creed because... You know I love that shit. Also, I do need to tell you that we have got a show for International Men's Day on November the 20th, and we've invited dudes to come and chat at that, and we are very lucky that those dudes are Richard Herring, David Mitchell, David Morrissey, and Colin Jackson, and hosted by our very own Sarah Millican. It's going to be absolutely rad. It's at the Leicester Square Theatre in London, so have a look at their website, or indeed our website, www.sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue to find out more information about where you can get tickets. I've been wanging on for ages, as always, and so over to Jacob, right after this short message from our Michaela Noonan. Hello, Mickey here. Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure, but I just thought, as you're having such pleasure listening, you might be up for helping us out in making more content that champions women. That's easy to do. You can just bob along to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash standard issue, and any spare bunch you might have found in your pocket down the back of the sofa, feel free to chuck it to us. Much obliged. I'm at the... Fight for Peace's London Academy, joined by Jacob Whittingham Vigas, the head of the Academy. Hi, Jacob. Hi. Can you tell us a little bit about Fight for Peace, what it is, how it came about, and what you do here? We're an organisation primarily that supports young people to achieve their full potential. We are based mainly around the world in areas that are affected by crime and violence, um, but we also are aware that there's a, a number of different problems that young people face. And so as a result, we've set up um, a methodology that provides a number of different options and support for young people to achieve their full potential. What are the ways in which, first of all, young people aren't fulfilling their potential and what are the different schemes you have in place to help them? I mean, you've obviously heard a lot about the, the knife crime that's, that's taking place, knife and gun crime in London. That They tend to be the issues that make the headlines. Now, these issues have been embedded in a lot of youth culture and a lot of cultures in inner cities for a long time. And they're primarily based around relationships with the police, housing, obviously poverty and joblessness, kind of a, an alienation from the education system. And so 
as a result, the, that often leads to a sense of anger or frustration and obviously tends to explode in the ways in which we've seen uh, come up in the press recently. And we kind of acknowledge that there's, as I was saying, there's, there's, a, there's a number of different ways in which we can approach this. So we want to support young people to be able to find employment, to be able to, to receive qualifications. But we're also aware that there's a, an element that's, that's missing to a lot of uh, young people's lives in that primarily is around the support that they receive emotionally. Someone to be able to rely on, somebody to be able to speak to, um, essentially a mentor. And also a lack of confidence that a lot of young people face. And so as a result, we've, we've set up five different pillars to try and uh, manage those areas. I suppose sports martial arts is the way in which we encourage people to be part of the organisation. That is a, is a potential hook for them to be involved. And through the, the lessons that are learned in, through martial arts, discipline, the, um, the reliance on self, the independence, but also that close relationship with the coach themselves, um, we then use that as a way of then supporting young people into other areas. So we run an education program, uh, we support young people to find jobs, and we also have a really broad uh, mentoring team that supports young people, and youth leadership pillar which supports young people to become more confident within themselves. It was founded in Brazil. Do all of the programs come from there, or do you develop stuff here? There was a Genesis was in Brazil itself, um, in the favelas, and the idea was that, as I said, it was where working in communities are affected by crime and violence. And obviously they exist all over the world. So the founder himself is, is English, but lives and has resided in Brazil for a number of years. So the first academy was set up in Rio, in the favela called Mare, and he brought the idea to the UK, to London, and we managed to find a space um, in Woolwich. Obviously the, the methodology is the same, the pillars are the same and the programmes are the same, but we, we appreciate that the environments differ and the cultures differ slightly. And so as a result, we have maybe different approaches to the way in which we support young people. But we also take a lot of the knowledge that we've developed, so almost all the good ideas and the good ways of working, and we, and we have a way of codifying that system. And then we use that as a way of supporting other organisations around the UK and around the world. So there, there are a number of different organisations all over the world who have really great relationships with the communities that they uh, reside in. And they've probably got um, you know, youth workers or, or coaches that work there for a number of years. And we, we say to them, you know, we've, we've got this model that we've established. Have you thought about potentially adding maybe a homework club or a tuition centre or um, support for, for finding young people work um, as a way of broadening the relationships they have and supporting young people to develop themselves further? You teach boys and girls here, or rather young men and young women. What kind of ratio, what's the sort of split between the two? So, this is something that we've actually been struggling with for a long time, I think, in the UK. The split is about, about a quarter of our participants are uh, women. In Brazil, I think the, the ratio is slightly um, more even. I think in the UK, and with a number of different, I suppose with boxing clubs generally, and youth organisations, unless they're specifically targeting young women, <clears throat> although exclusively for young women, um, the ratio is always fairly heavily stacked in favour of, of young men. And this is something that we're, we, we've challenged. We've actually got um, female engagement leads and a special training programme set up for the way in which us as, as youth workers and youth practitioners engage with young women. The interesting thing is, is I think in the engagement from women is higher in certain areas than it is in others. So in Muay Thai, for example, there's a far higher level of female engagement such as kickboxing. In boxing, it's a lot lower in... Uh, Sports like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is almost non-existent um, just because it's, it just looks a bit weird if you've never done it before. Um, and it, it might make um, people feel uncomfortable if there aren't a great number of women doing the sport. But in uh, youth leadership, in our youth council, in some of our programs for younger participants, 
actually the ratio is a lot higher. But yeah, I suppose it's important to say that just as a, as a sector, for male youth workers, it can be, we do need to work out how how we communicate better with women. But I think either we're, we're, we may be quite standoffish or we, we find it easier to communicate with young men. So yeah, it's, 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 it's actually a really interesting topic, I think, that as a sector needs to be challenged. It is interesting though. Why do you think engagement with Muay Thai is like more popular with women? Is it because there's more visibility of women in that world? I don't know. I feel like it's something that's becoming more popular with women. You've got some quite high-profile names like Ronda Rousey, and I know that's not really... It's MMA, isn't that's it? MMA, but, that's right, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think culturally, mm. it's, it, it, there are a number of people from, from different parts of the world participate in Muay Thai. It's, kind of, it's, it's very popular in South America, very popular in, in Holland, very popular in North Africa. Um, and I think in those regions women feel more comfortable taking part in, in those types of sports. And I think the gym's a different culture and a different feel to it. Traditionally, boxing in the UK has been very, very masculine. Now, obviously, we've got uh, Nicola Adams. She's one of our patrons and has been a fantastic ambassador for our charity. And I think it's once, once there, are, there are role models who are involved in the sport, I think it gives young women a lot of confidence. There are a number of different issues, but one of the interesting things is, is how young men feel about sparring with, with women and trying to set up conditions where they feel comfortable to, to spar with women in a way that's, that's fair but doesn't patronise them at the same time and that respects them. So there are like little areas that we almost need to focus on in order to make sure that women feel comfortable but are also treated like any, anybody else in the, in the boxing gym. I can understand that as someone who does a bit of boxing. Say if you're in a class or something and you do pad work with someone... Women do tend to be like really nervous, and I'm kind of like I'm sort of here to do what I'm doing, and it's quite frustrating if you've got someone who's not really hitting you very hard, and you're a bit like, no, come on, like. No, confidence is a big part of it, and I, I think um, so. We've we've got two women's only sessions. We're actually kind of increasing them, so we've paired up with us girls, mm-hmm. and so we've got so we've got us girls boxing, us girls muay thai, and us girls fitness, which is being introduced. They're primarily women's only sessions, but with male coaches as well. So we're not we're not trying to make them exclusive exclusively female, but we do understand with a large Muslim uh, population uh, uh, in in this area and attendees, they require environments that are just female only. Could one of the reasons why also you have more young men here be that there is more need for them to have a space like this? For example, at GCSE level, educational attainment is much lower in young men, I think pretty much across the board and obviously young men are at higher risk of getting involved in crime or I guess being victims of crime is that part of it and and, and why is that what what do you think the pressures are on young men that are contributing to this kind of thing I mean I would say maybe it's that the, the the most of the attention goes towards young men I mean the murders obviously affect a lot of young men but there's a lot of sexual exploitation that takes place with with young women and a lot of women are involved in either coerced or voluntarily involved in drug trafficking around the UK particularly with what's called county lines which is where young people are sent out to other parts of the UK more rural areas of the UK to set up drug dealing line um, for a limited period of time and, and often a lot of young women are sent out to do that so I think it's it's maybe just that the news we tend to hear more about tends to affect young men it's not to say that the that young men don't have a number of issues to deal with but I think it's something that we're also beginning to recognize more and more that the 
that more attention needs to be focused on those specific needs of body image, self-harm that disproportionately affect young women more than uh, men. In terms of issues that are affecting young men, I mean, I think there are a number of different cultural issues I think that are at play at the moment. Uh, one of them is, is for a lot of young young men, there's almost a bit of an identity crisis going on about exactly what their role is and what they're supposed to be. And receiving a number of different perceptions about masculinity, the fact that maybe crying isn't or being emotional or discussing your issues is not something that, that you're necessarily um, supporting to do and I think that internalization leads to a lot of pressures that they deal with and we've seen well maybe not necessarily a spike but we've we've certainly seen a greater emphasis on mental health concerns with a lot of young men just because I think they're finding it difficult to, to express the way in which they feel and then very often that can come out in really aggressive and negative ways. Hello, Hannah here, constant interrupter. Just wanted to let you know that if you like what we do, you can help us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really does help, especially if you give us five stars. Did that sound threatening enough? Give us five stars. Because women are taught it's okay to be emotional, it's okay to cry, blah, 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 but men are sort of taught that the only emotion you can really have is anger. So it's kind of interesting to me, with that in mind... And also other people who maybe understand boxing a bit less or, or combat sports would argue that violence breeds more violence. So what is it about this particular kind of sport that helps young people or young men in this situation? So that's the fascinating thing. Boxing, we're well aware that the perception, particularly over perhaps the last 20 years, is that it's it's a very aggressive sport, is that it's about violence. And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, about 100 years ago, it was, it was considered, um, you know, the highest form of intelligence to be able to, be, to box. It was almost a form of physical chess. I mean, the way in which we, we approach boxing and the way we actually understand boxing is that it's actually a form of discipline. It's a way of controlling your anger and controlling your emotions. And we always have a, a very clear understanding when we're coaching young people that when you lose your temper, actually that's when you've lost. That's when you're more likely to, to be punched and, and to receive pain as opposed to being able to be in, in control of your emotions. And one of the, the first things we always look at when it comes to, to any young person engaging in boxing is the discipline itself, is the self-control and the, the knowledge that this is only to be used in a very controlled setting. And boxing is in a very controlled setting and people will only ever get involved in sparring once they've been able to have a full understanding of the basics and the, the ethics of the sport itself. It's, it's true. My trainer always tells me that I'm worse when I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard to imagine me being angry, isn't it? Oh. But, but the other thing also is, is, is that it's, you know, it's a really good way of, of young people being able to express any anger they have on a punch bag. We'd much rather they take their anger out than come here and skip and, and shadow box and punch a bag for 45 minutes to an hour as opposed to them going out and doing it on the streets. So it's actually a really good way of young people being able to release a lot of tension that exists. I think anyone in the world would benefit from punching an inanimate object designed to be punched as opposed to, you know, like a wall or something, which just always just seems stupid to me. You're not going to win that fight. I think anyone would benefit from that. I think it's a good thing to do. And like, from my own perspective, an hour spent punching a punch bag is going to be one less person I get passive aggressive with on an escalator. <laughs>
That's true. And I mean, the other thing is, is that you, I think for, for a lot of young people, once you step into a boxing ring, <clears throat> you actually realise that you're not as strong or as hard as you thought you were. Yes. Because everybody in the boxing gym has, mm. been train, has been training for a lot longer than you have. And it's a way of creating a sense of humility and a sense of respect for other people. I mean, one of our values is about, uh, well, it's champion, but also solidarity. And it's, there's an emphasis in the boxing gym, there are no egos. Um, we're all here to support each other. We understand that we've come from a number of different backgrounds and we have a number of different abilities. Um, and I think that gives people an understanding that any form of physical interaction with anybody else has to begin from an element of mutual respect. We sort of touched on the surge in knife crime, particularly that we've seen in London over the last year. It does seem to be getting higher. I personally don't think it's a coincidence that it's getting higher in particular pockets of London it would seem although I don't know it could be happening anywhere it's just it's maybe it's not like sexy enough to make the headlines if someone in Devon gets stabbed uh, as it is if someone in Tottenham gets stabbed what do you think is driving this at the moment so I think it's it's important to say that this is this is something that's existed for for a long time it tends to hit the headlines I think when there's a lull in other parts of the news so as, as youth workers it's something that we're we're used to and sadly in in the academy we've we've lost uh, four young people in the last 16 months as a result of, of violence has taken place but as I said this isn't unique to this part of London in terms of what's what's the cause I would say it's often not that complex. We're well aware that if young people feel alienated, if they feel that there is no, if they have a sense of hopelessness, they're likely to engage in acts that are are violent towards other young people. And it's no coincidence that young people tend to attack other young people because they're equally aware of their powerlessness and feel very comfortable doing so, being violent towards other people who they feel are equally alienated from society. I think we also need to be clear that there's there's definitely a racial element to this that the, it disproportionately affects young black men and i think that you know there's been thousands of books have been written about but part of that also is due to the fact that i think young black men grow up in london and britain and in other parts of the world internalizing a sense of inferiority which is why i think they they also are more comfortable attacking other young black men as opposed to other people and recognizing that internalizing that, that that sense of inferiority but i think the the social issues can't be ignored either i think for this current generation the real issues about the future um, and concerns about where they're going to work whether they can buy a house uh, what types of uh, salary you can expect and i think that that again brings a sense of frustration i think we we often look at law enforcement as as, as the main reason why people are, are angry they'll talk about the relationship with the police but yeah, as you can see, there's, there's a number of different reasons. And I think that's part of the reason why our approach is so multifaceted, because, um, because it is so complex. Can you tell me a bit about why you think sport is such a good way to reach the people that you're working with? The interesting thing about sport is, is it, it can be a good way of reaching people. It's, it's the way in which uh, young people are engaged with sport. I, mean, I can remember playing football in your you know, you have to choose teams and if you're the last one picked or you're someone who doesn't get picked, then yeah. it, it's not a good tool for engagement and it's not a good tool for, for, for inclusivity. So that's something that, that we're really aware of. So sport for us isn't just a standalone product and boxing isn't just a standalone product. Boxing in itself has amazing qualities. It's the understanding that the less you train, and the more likely you are to get punched in the face, which is a good incentive to train harder. The relationship between the coach and the young person is a relationship that we'd like to replicate in, in youth work itself, 
where you have a really good understanding of that person that that coach understands how you're feeling what you're capable of in that particular day how hard they can push you and that's what we want from from a youth worker and a young person i suppose the other thing that's fascinating about boxing is the fact that you're in the ring alone whenever you're you're sparring there is no one else to blame and and if you haven't done the work then you're going to feel the pain so it's, um, it's a really good lesson for life and there are really good lessons that you can use to, to replicate for the, for the rest of your life. So for young people, that's great. It's my favourite quote from Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. When Rocky says to him, that's the person you're fighting against and the other guy's just in your way or whatever. You're, it's you against you or something like that. My favourite quote, I can't remember it. Sorry. That was a really... Lame interruption. <laughs> no, but it's no, but it's it's very true because I mean, in in the sessions itself, we we push young people really, really hard, and you'll get a lot of young people who come into the sessions initially, and after five minutes, you know, they'll they'll say, I, I, I can't do this, and we've got a number of different youth workers who are there to support the young young people through that, and and what we want to show them is is that they would initially come to the session with preconceived ideas about about their their willpower, about their ability to. To persevere and often they they can last a lot more than they think they could so it's a it's a way of teaching young people resilience but also teaching them about their own capabilities but as, as i was saying there is a an element to sport that, that can exclude young people and destroy confidence so we we have a there's always an emphasis on personal development so in every session itself um, every boxing session every sports session either during the warm down or during the session itself or at the beginning the coaches and the youth workers will talk to young people um, about a particular issue or they'll relate a particular exercise to potentially to a life skill as a way of, uh, I suppose, interweaving some sort of some learning from the, the session itself. Yeah. And I think that's that almost makes the sport uh, something positive as opposed to it just being yeah, just a standalone activity. What do you think about the idea that men are inherently violent? Personally, I've, I have been thinking about this question a lot lately. Yeah. On a personal level, it does seem so. It feels like it, as, uh, but to reiterate, these are my personal opinions. Sure. I suppose as an individual, I am quite, I'm quite disturbed by a lot of the things men are doing. And I had a daughter recently, and it's, it's kind of forced me to think about gender in a way that I've never thought about before. I don't have any sisters, so it's, it's been really interesting. And yeah, the, the more I think about her getting married, it sounds really weird, I'm a bit scared. Because I, I think about the things that men are capable of and the things men have done and it's um yeah it's quite sobering but i think it's in the same way that i suppose someone who's white has to think about their own sense of privilege or i think yeah as a man i'm having to think about the things that i don't have to worry about and the things that women have to worry about and, and the things that i don't have to fear and the things that they fear and i've had to really consider about some of the some of the things i do myself and think about how it impacts on other people and on women in particular so yeah i, I don't know whether they're inherently violent but i can't think of many female I've, I've been doing some research and trying to find societies that aren't patriarchal that are equally as violent as as male societies have you found any I haven't yet. But then the flip side is is that, that when women have become premiers of societies, um, it doesn't mean that wars are less likely to, to take place. But then that might be because in order to in order to have risen to that position, you may have had to take on... Uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. In the same way that there's... Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, you can relate the same to, 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 to discussions of race and culture and, and religion. So, yeah, it does feel like maybe, maybe men aren't inherently violent. 
But there's definitely a big problem with violence um, amongst men. So where can we find out more about the Academy if people want to get involved or just know a bit more about what you guys are doing? So yeah, so if you're interested in volunteering, if you're interested in uh, coming down and seeing the work we do, or if you have young people who are interested in participating, um, our Academy is based in North Woolwich in Woodman Street in East London. But you can also find out more information on our website. So you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook um, and you just type in Fight for Peace. Jacob, thanks so much. Thank you. Standard issue for all women.